Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast. And the title of this episode is Your Spiritual and Psychological Survival Guide to 2022 and Beyond. And we are your host, Bernhard Gunther, my husband, and myself, Laura Matsu. So before we get into it, we just wanted to make a little announcement because we had an overwhelming amount of people apply for the last group coaching program, the Embodied Soul Awakening group coaching program that Bernhard and I guide people through, which is a 12-week group coaching program in psycho-spiritual self-work. So basically, um, we're going to start taking applications again in January And the next one will start sometime in March. Uh, We don't have the exact dates yet, so keep your eye out for that. If you want to be notified as well of the next um, incoming group coaching program, please make sure you're signed up to Bernhard's mailing list at veilofreality.com. We're also going to make the announcement in our Telegram channel. So if you don't know already, we actually have a Telegram channel titled Time of Transition. So you can write uh, t.me slash time of transition and open that, or you can just search time of transition on Telegram and you can find us on there. So, uh, and especially we want to use Telegram on our mailing list more because of the increasing censorship and everyone knows the kind of problems with uh, the big tech giants these days. And we can't really say what we really want to say anymore on social media, including my own Instagram as well. So we're going to be slowly moving away from that and really focusing on our mailing list and Telegram for now. So In this podcast, I'm just going to give you a little overview on what we're going to get into. So we're going to do a recap of last year, the lessons we've learned, um, and then we're really going to talk about the Pluto return of the U.S., as well as the nodes, which are switching, which have just switched. So the nodes of the moon, which are really important evolutionary astrology, have actually just switched to the Scorpio and Taurus axis. So really, we're just going to speak about it from, you know, the astrological perspective, the self-work perspective, the psychological, emotional, spiritual perspective, and just talk about what on earth do we see coming, happening over the next year, and how can we best work Work with these incoming energies. And we're going to give you some really uh, precise ways of doing that. Um, so, so we're going to just begin by going over, I guess, the last year. So definitely a lot of lessons. Well, keep in mind for starters is we already started the Pluto return in the U.S. in 2021. And even if you're listening to this from another country, I just want to also highlight the importance of the Pluto return of the U.S. And it's very interesting because actually most astrologers are are kind of wrapped into the matrix and the narrative and they're in their and their uh and their uh, opinions about the Pluto return of the U.S. are actually missing a large point because they've bought into the narrative. So it's kind of this very uh, mysterious kind of transit which we're about to enter into, which it seems that no one really knows exactly what's going to happen, but we're going to kind of tell you a little bit about, about, about what that's like. So we're already in the Pluto return. And the reason that the Pluto return of the U.S. is so important is because what happens in the U.S. will affect the entire world. So we have to look look at it that way. If you look at even the technology of the US, the ideas of the US, you know, it spreads globally. So it is really of critical importance what happens in in this Pluto return of the US basically. 
Yeah, exactly. So that will be a lot to dive into, in particular in light of uh, what you just said, the Pluto return for the U.S., uh, not only how it's affecting the U.S., as you said, but the whole world and also uh, you personally, our listeners, right? There's a lot to be learned and insights to gain from, in particular, evolution, uh, evolutionary astrology, because that's what we're talking about. But speaking about these bigger cycles, that's what we want to focus on as well, what's happening from the bigger picture perspective in light of the evolution of consciousness, the shifting of the ages, the time of transition, as it's called in esoteric Christianity, in which we've referred to this time um, passage uh, for a while as well. And also many other esoteric traditions have talked about uh, this transition we're in right now. So we really want to also put into context of the bigger picture because there are several things happening, right? So let's just dive into a little bit of the recap um, of this year. And now, before I get into my personal recap, so to speak, I want to see what I've observed. You know, on the positive note, I've definitely seen more and more people, quote, wake up to what's going on in the world, meaning they start to question the agenda, what's really happening um, with the so-called pandemic, COVID, and all of this, the vaccinations, and, and you know, the new Omicron and all of that. So more and more people are questioning the official narrative, the propaganda, and obvious lies and, and distortions, the censorship, and all of that. People are standing and rising up, protesting all over the world, which is great to see, right? Mm -hmm. There have been definitely more severe lockdowns in Australia, Europe, and all of that, but people are going on the streets, standing up, right, against special vax passports and all of that. So that's encouraging to see, absolutely, right? Uh, but the focus is still, right, on the 3D level, on this agenda, which is a necessary step, um, but what is also needed to see this from the bigger picture perspective and also light of, not only light of illusion of consciousness in, uh, um, for the whole of humanity, but our own individual process within that. Um, because I've also seen, and that's also the feedback we've gotten or we've seen people share in our online courses, that a lot of people are frustrated or don't understand why other people don't see what they see, start seeing, right? Their families, friends, because it's so obvious the lies and distortions, right? And there are many, many factors, right? Some of the factors, obviously, understanding the level of brainwashing, uh, media conditioning, mind control, and all of that, the fear, you know, so it has to be, you know, seen with a higher level of compassion, so to speak, but still a lot of people have a hard time to grasp why not everyone sees it. So here we will need to understand the individual process of the evolution of consciousness and there are different stages everybody goes through. And this is really ties into, I feel, into evolutionary astrology, understanding natural law, divine law, and no steps can be skipped. Yeah. You want to go ahead? So just to give people a little bit of a overview of what you said, so aligning consciously with the process of evolution as seen by archetypally by the planet of Pluto aligns you with natural law is that, you know, natural law is basically to grow, to change, to evolve. And that works through two ways, involution, which is destruction of what already is, and evolution, which is the creation of something new. And so anytime we're working with change, with evolution, we're also we're working with destruction and we're working with creation at the same time. So what you see actually in happening in the world is involution. It's a necessary stage before evolution. So all of the old, um, I think this is going to be going on for a long time, but like all of the old structures, yes. all the old Saturnian structures, the media, entertainment industry, the 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 uh, uh, older forms of government, etc., um, in the uh, mainstream education system, these are 
you know, it seemed like they're devolving, but they're really going through the process of involution of destruction. So, you know, we have a lot of these themes to work with. It's really about a collective change that we're going through, especially in the US, which is going to ripple out to the entire world. Yeah, exactly. So speaking about a recap, so for me personally, now it's very interesting what's happened increasingly over the um, over the past couple of years since this whole thing started, so to speak, which, by the way, you know, when I look back at my writings, you know, on my website, valvereality.com, Timeline Reality Split, I wrote a big essay, The Splitting of Humanity, and a lot of it, the writing has been on the wall, right? So a lot of it, what I've written about, is now actually happening in more concrete form. And it's not that I predicted anything. It's like anybody who have, has done on this path for a while, many years, and, and done the research, done the inner work, can see, you know, where the trajectory is, so to speak. It's not it's not rocket science. and But also understanding really then, you got to, what I've learned, especially in this year, for me personally, I'm also, you know, there's only so much you can try to wake people up, right? You cannot wake up people by force. Everybody needs to come to their own understanding in light in their own evolution, right? You cannot interfere with other people's lessons. They need to learn their own lessons. But let me just say something about that is that waking someone up by trying to expose them to the lies going on in the world is not actually awakening in any way whatsoever. So if you know what the lies are going on in the world, but you're not able to look at the lies that you tell yourself or even the lies that you've been living, that is not waking up. So I think that there's almost been this like hijacking of this word waking up and like it doesn't matter how much you know about the narrative or the agenda or the corruption happening in the world if you don't actually know yourself so that's that's the true awakening that needs to happen and what i see with a lot of people is they're literally fighting the shadows on the wall they're externalizing everything they think that information is waking up it's not awakening waking up is an internal process so yes the lies in the world can make you realize the depth of the insanity that we live in in this world and how a lot of this world is built on materialism, lies, is very separated from spirit. That can that can turn you inwards, you know, but it can also become a form of shadow projection. Right. And I see people doing this all the time and talking about the virus and the vaccines and the lockdowns and the vax passports, all fine and good to spread awareness. But where is that coming from within you? And, you know, is is this actually where you want to spend your life? So personally, I think over the next year, it would be wise to spend a little bit less time like dropping knowledge bombs and just spreading information and really going inwards into your soul. Yeah, exactly. Very well said. And that's what I see myself on the personal uh, focusing more and more, even my own inner process, because I'm still in this awakening process. So is Laura. And we talked about this uh, before, what, what, what you just mentioned, how this word awaking or red pill has been completely abused, uh, misused for just an intellectual understanding of how the matrix works and all of that. Yes. Right. And it could become a trap in itself or mm-hmm. distraction, so to speak. People can overestimate themselves and it, it becomes is. just a mental process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I see this even within myself. So I'm like, even with information, like, you know, I'm also at this point even questioning complete virology and all of that and, and germ theory going way beyond even this whole bioweapon narrative and all of this and really un- uh, questioning the foundation of modern med- medical quote-unquote scientism, which has also been corrupted and distorted by the Rockefellers and medical education, all of that. This whole topic on its own, but it needs to go beyond all of this like almost like repetitive um, 
echo chamber of what's happening in in this world with with the whole COVID thing and all that. And again, yeah. we're not throwing out the baby the barefoot. Information is important, but people get so caught up into it and externalize. So that's what I've observed as well, especially in like the last couple few weeks at the end of the year, I've my, immersed myself even more into Sri Aurobindo's integral yoga, more in my own inner process, getting more into in-depth esoteric work, going back to that and not too much externalize all of that. In my own inner process, the ongoing shadow work and all of that, right? Which yes. we continue to engage even our relationship. And that's the most important part. Uh, because what I've also observed on the positive note list, yes, more and more people are, quote, waking up to the agenda. And people have become, uh, quote, unquote, red-pilled. But they're still caught up, what I've mentioned, in, in the consensus state. And I'll, I'll go sh um, shortly into what this consensus state is and means. And as, as we said, only focus on information, constantly on social media, you're right. And without really truly sincerely, and <laughs> emphasis on sincerely engaging in the inner process of individuation, shadow work, spiritual work, but they keep externalizing everything. And again, it's not black and white, but there needs to be a more focus to... Uh, to within, as Laura just mentioned, to really ask you, ask questions where your own uh, internal drive for action is truly coming from. Yeah, so I'm going to just talk about this a little bit. So, you know, this is... Um This is Jeffrey Wolf Green's concept, who is a founder of evolutionary astrology, but it's also been named in various traditions across the ages. So it's really a universal truth, these different states of being, basically. And so, you know, he talks about these four evolutionary conditions of humankind, the dimly evolved condition, the consensus condition, which is the mainstream, the individuated condition, and the spiritualized condition. And so the dimly evolved state is basically people who have just graduated from the animal kingdom, which is about two to 3% of souls. Um, and then the consensus state is when the soul agrees and conforms to the majority of his, or, or to the dictations of the majority of his or her culture or society. So basically someone who adapts to the status quo. So whatever the status quo says is, is, is reality is what you adapt to. And I have to say, learning how to also operate within the consensus reality is an important evolutionary stage. You cannot skip that stage. You cannot skip any stage. You really. cannot skip any stage. No, yeah. in fact, like lifetimes over lifetimes, you go through these different stages, you know. So it's really important to just understand how the world works, which is actually kind of what people are waking up to, is they're really understanding the deeper mechanisms of the world. You know, they're, they're waking up from the consensus state into the individuated state. So the individuated state is the next stage above the consensus where their sole desire is to become a unique individual, independent from the condition of consensus society. He says, and this is back in the 80s and 90s, roughly 20% of all souls are in this evolutionary state. 20%. And the spiritualized state, and this is where the soul desires to know, merge, and serve God. So the soul will naturally align with the natural laws of the universe. And he says roughly two per two percent to three to of souls are in this evolutionary condition. So, you know, what I see with a lot of people actually is you know, this is basically waking up from the matrix, right? Is moving from consensus into visuated state, realizing that there's something different about you and the way that you think and the way that you are that cannot be explained by society and culture alone. And that is that seed of individuation when we're like, okay, who am I? What makes me different? What makes me unique? What are my gifts that I have here to offer? You know, it's not just that you, 
we, we get this very prescribed notion of how to be a human that we have to go to school, go to university, get married, have kids, get a job in the matrix. All of that is consensus conditioning. And a lot of it is pre-prescribing us a life, which may not actually be in alignment with our true self. So what I see with a lot of people is they're waking up to their consensus conditioning, meaning all of the beliefs conditioning they took on from culture, from the mainstream, and they're starting to discover what makes them uniquely them. So that's kind of what we're working with, I think, for the most part. And then there's also people, you know, who have individuated and who are very unique and kind of on their own path, who are now also beginning to become spiritualized with some sort of divine presence, you know? And I have to say, it's important, do not skip any of these steps. Like, unless you actually know, know how to be a good worker within the matrix, actually, I don't even think you can graduate to the individuated state, you know, because it's like, how are you going to get along in your life without without knowing how the laws of society works? You won't, basically. So it's important that we don't like... And, and always look at where you're at as well when using these teachings, rather than just project, you know, onto the world, be like, oh, they're just consensus, they're just whatever, I'm spiritualized. Don't use it like that. Just really understand that the individuation process is the key to getting out of the matrix. And I'm going to say that again, the individuation process is 100% the key to escaping the matrix. Yeah, exactly. And what you just quoted by Jeffrey Wolf Green, uh pretty much the founder of evolutionary astrology about these different states, uh, the dimly evolved consensus individual and the spiritual condition, is all mirrored in various ter uh, other esoteric traditions. It ties also, by the way, into the topic of organic portal, right? Which are, you can reference those um, organic portal type uh, human beings into the dimly evolved consensus state, right? It's nothing evil. There's nothing wrong with them, right? That's the whole misconception to demonize people, not understanding the bigger picture in light of soul evolution and level of being. And it's mirrored in various other traditions as well. For example, definitely in Sri Aurobindo's Integral Yoga, right? He also called call this age when, right, the age of mental man, that we are a transitional being, we haven't finished evolution. And there's another stage the, the as the supramental consciousness is descending into the earth and the supramental human being beyond the mind is evolving, but is only, only partially receptive for a certain small amount of, of souls right now and that kind of confirms the the spiritualized status in jeffrey wolf green said only two to three percent of the world population are able to embody that state but you cannot skip any states right a lot of spiritual bypassing happens when people out of the consensus state try to jump into the spiritual state without mm -hmm. individuating yeah, right that's yeah. where a lot of people lock get into all kinds of questionable new age nonsense even like dogmatic religious stuff which has also been very um distorted yeah. right uh, uh throughout the ages as well so that needs to be really understood the bigger picture light of soul evolution because again i said again most people always get upset uh or annoyed or even triggered or frustrated while other people cannot see what's going on in the world why because you're stuck in the very subjective state of the consensus state you need to understand higher laws metaphysical laws divine laws natural law the the cycles of the ages the evolution of consciousness that bigger picture that cosmology that objective understanding which astrology serves as well helps to put everything into a higher context yeah and that's key to understanding these days when otherwise you're just going against natural 
martial law, against divine law, you will fall into all kinds of traps in the path towards awakening, like trying to forcefully, trying to awaken others, or like we said, mistake just a intellectual understanding of how whatever works uh, happens in the world for an quote-unquote awakening, and you keep just externalizing, externalizing, externalizing. And I have to say, you know, in, in, in what you're explaining about people being concerned, oh, why don't they see the truth? Why aren't they waking up? This is, in essence, maybe perhaps pointing to a shadow projection in other people. Like, why does it matter to you what other people think and believe and see or do? When you understand it from a level of consciousness, level of being perspective, we each have our own path. Yeah, I, I get that it hurts sometimes, especially when you see people taking medication or or a treatment that could be damaging to their health long term or, or most likely will be damaging to their health long term. At the same time, this is an externalization is that we have to really be focused on our own connection to God on our own individual path. And this is not about kind of putting the blinkers on and avoiding other people. But if you're if if you're like concerned about how awakened other people are then you got to turn the mirror on yourself. Like, who are you really concerned about who's waking up? It's probably actually you and you're externalizing that. So what I'm trying to say is be more concerned about you waking up than waking up others. Because the more you're holding light, a higher level of awareness, the more that that will naturally spread to others. That's That's what awakening is. When you see someone who's really awake and aware and free, that is very, uh, that draws people in. But if you're just spreading, spreading information, trying to red pill people, you know, telling them about the lies and the corruption in the world, that's not waking up actually. No. So I think that's, that's, that's what's of critical importance. I think is that we have the potential there is, you know, Sri Aurobindo has said it, other teachers I study have said it, there's an increase of the spiritualization of humanity happening. But a lot of people's bodies cannot take that download, meaning they have traumas, conditioning, all sorts of armoring, you know, in the way of them actually receiving a profound connection to love and light and the divine. That's what's in the way, you know. So it is really about clearing out what is in the way of us activating those higher centers, essentially. And so, yep. Yeah, I just wanted to add to that. That's why we, you know, said it again over and over again, shadow work is the name of the game. And that's easier said than done, because also, before you can truly do shadow work, you truly need to understand what it is and apply it. It's also easy to fall in the trap of intellectualizing the process of shadow work, and you can waste years and decades doing it. Like I said, many people proclaim they have done shadow work for 20, 30 years, but they're still at the same state, still uh, justifying the triggers, uh, not somatically approaching it, and intellectualizing the process, right? Yes. So that really comes down to when you ask, how do I do shadow work? Well, there are many podcasts we have talked about that articles written about it. And you can, you know, the more sincere you are, you know, educate yourself about it. That's just one part. So that's the, the psychological process. And, and I have to say, it is extremely hard to do shadow work on your own. Yes. Um, because it is tricky. And your ego, actually, your, 
your persona, your 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 even level of critical thinking, level of self-awareness, self-observation needs to be online. So are you able to observe yourself as if you were outside of yourself and notice your thoughts, behaviors, the way that you act, the things that you say about other people? Because what I notice, especially, you know, like being in the kind of relationship that we're in is that we can actually now catch each other when we're shadow projecting and call each other out on it and get the person to inquire, you know, gently and compassionately on what, what is really driving what, what their behavior in the moment. And what I notice is the shadow is very wily. It's very sneaky. Remember, it's, it, it's fueling our actions from the unconscious. And it's up to us to use our conscious ego personality, our conscious self to bring it to consciousness. So when you kind of say, ah, I just don't like that person because in this and this and this. And if you're surrounded by people who justify your dislike, that's a missed opportunity to do shadow work. So it really is turning the mirror on yourself and your perceptions and your experiences of other people on a day-to-day basis, just understanding that there are certain unconscious motivations which are driving our actions. And if we bring them to consciousness, we can become more aware human beings, essentially. Exactly. Because by definition, the shadow is unconscious. It's nothing you're aware of. However, you make it conscious, you become aware of if you understand your projections, your triggers. And as Carl Jung said, anything that irritates you about somebody else is a big insight into yourself, but you usually externalize it. And also ties into you can only truly um, perceive the true evil out there in a sense in, in light of how you are able to acknowledge the potential of evil within yourself because yes. all is one. Right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're going to act out on it, but seeing that potential, the more you just externalize evil, only see it out there, you miss the whole point of the individuation process. Then we just keep going in cycles, always getting stuck in victim blame consciousness that somebody else is doing something to you or us. There's higher forces. There's a whole bigger picture evolving right now and as lord has mentioned again with this super mental consciousness there's a divine light trying to anger itself and it brings everything up so what we see i've, I've mentioned it before what's happening in the world of the evil it's being more and more exposed it, it has its its um purpose so to speak right it needs to clear anything in order to truly anchor the divine consciousness the super mental consciousness and it's only able to do so if you clear your inner vessel and what it needs to be cleared of all your shadow aspects your unconscious drives all your conditioning your programming socially cultural all your trauma and wounds and that's being activated as well and what i see a lot of people again that are just quote-unquote getting red-pilled of the consensus state all their own stuff gets activated as well but then they project it externally right and then a lot of people engage together in this shadow projection luge fest and supporting each other's projections and illusions externally yeah that's why actually in the course i recommend people take breaks uh or, or take like a little bit of a social media detox as well as you know even one of the modules, I, 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 I tell them to take one day off social media at least, you know, the reason being is because social media is a large amount of shadow projection. And also the things that tend to get the most traction on social media are shadow projections as well, because exactly. that's what, that's the state of the world. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually going to go into the Pluto return of Let's the U S and the themes, cause this ties into shadow work. So, you know, so I want to just give some dates to begin with. So there's going to be three exact hits of the Pluto return 
Uh, keep in mind, this is a larger cycle. It's been going on since 2021. That just when it's going to be exact, usually when it's exact, it intensifies the energies of the Pluto uh, of the Pluto process, basically. So it's going to be February 20th. February has got a lot of action going on that month, July 11th and December 28th. So basically from January to April, the outer planets are all direct. So this is like a forward moving motion in this evolutionary process. So like new ideas, you know, from the collective unconscious, the like new, new things are happening basically from January to April. So we're in that, we're in that right now. And then from April to September, uh, these planets go retrograde, Pluto goes retrograde. So this, this is time to kind of like restructure, restring, reorganize, go over things that happen between now and, um, now and uh when was that april and then again it's going to go forward the planets are going to go forward again october november december they're going to come back for a third pass and then it's going to kind of give us more uh information on like what we were actually learning during that first pass what we restructured during the retrograde and then december it's going to heat up again so you're gonna say something i just want to also preface for a lot of people who maybe have only very extreme basic understanding of astrology and new to it. I want to just point out the misconceptions. Astrology, especially evolutionary astrology, is nothing about predicting anything. No. Right? No. I just want to be very clear because yeah. astrology has been very distorted and abused in this yeah. day and age. Yeah, right? that's a whole other... So. It's not this, nothing the planets are doing to you. In a sense, it's a mirroring, a map of the evolution of consciousness and what it's bringing up. Yeah, the planets affect human consciousness, right? And then human consciousness actually affects how the planets interact with each other. So it's a dual... It's a mirror of each other, It's a right? dual process, right? And, and Pluto basically works because remember, Pluto is a generational planet. A lot of the pl outer planets are generational planets planets it's like we need actually a large group of people in order to evolve that's the whole point of pluto right so right. we're all on this boat together whether you like it or not and even if you're not in the u.s understand that understanding how pluto and scorpio works because the nodes just switched to the south the nodes of the moon are now in the south node of scorpio north node of taurus um, this is like of critical importance over the next couple of years. So I'm really excited because I actually have Pluto on my son. I have South Node and Scorpio and it's my nodal return. And like, finally, all the stuff that I've been caring about and having to learn through my life is now suddenly valuable to the collective. So basically the themes of Pluto, so just get some key words. So transformation, evolution and involution. So, you know, involution is what needs to be destroyed before something new can be created. Evolution is growth, change, power, intensity, resources, merging, deep bonding, sex, psychology, taboo, what's in the shadows. So Pluto tends to unearth like all of the things that we're trying to keep in the shadow realm so even the whole whatever you have to say about the jeffrey epstein thing that's very plutonian because you see the massive amount of shadows around these elite systems of power especially when it involves children right um so so you see these shadows being unearthed already in 2021 right and so the shadow sides of pluto is this experience of powerlessness like feeling like you're at the mercy of forces that are more powerful than you that's basically also outer planet transits in general misuse of power manipulation destruction death death is such a huge theme of pluto as well paranoia sexual abuse and trauma, mind games, psychological games, psychological warfare, like that's, that's the realm of Pluto, right? So like, 
we need to really become very psychologically aware people who are willing to actually look at the evil within and without and to expose these kind of shadows of humanity. Like it's going to unearth everything, right? And the more that we externalize, so the more that we externalize the shadows that are being revealed and be like, oh, he's evil, Bill Gates, Foxy, they're just evil people or whatever, you know, I'm on the side of the good, the more you're actually missing the point of Pluto. So the point is, is to understand, to bring to consciousness how the evil of the world has impacted you as an individual and work on that on that level because the more you bring into consciousness the more that you bring into consciousness your own dark side the less you're actually going to be acting it out because it's operating in your conscious experience yeah less triggered you are yeah so if i'm always shadow projecting on narcissists and being like oh narcissists do this don't get in a relationship with a toxic narcissist etc 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 i agree there's a lot of narcissism in the world but it's far more interesting to me to look at how the selfish self-interested part of my nature does damage to my relationships yeah. and that's so much more useful actually yeah that, that's actually you know you need to on you know almost like a stepping stone a lot of esoteric masters have talked about before you can step on the path right and be all like selfless and all this and service to others and have yeah. these ideals no acknowledge how selfish you are exactly we all have we are like german we are in the age of mental men extremely identified with our ego and personality and if you're really honest with yourself, you think of yourself first. You want it's more about your own desires, wants and needs and whatever. And that's inherently selfish. It's not we're not saying it in, as a judgment as bad or you should feel guilty for that. This is just what, as it is, being honest with ourselves, seeing mm-hmm. our nature, mm-hmm. how we deceive ourselves, how we rationalize our selfishness, our narcissism that's almost normalized on social media and all of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's rewarded actually as yeah. well by the consensus as well. And that's also what you named about guilt is actually very important as well because he actually, uh, Jeffrey Wolf Green talks about that in evolutionary astrology. I also reflect on that. There's healthy guilt. Yes. Healthy guilt is a function of conscience. So if I'm just a jerk to you because I'm in a bad mood some morning and my conscience lights up and it's like, oh, like, why did you say that in that way? That was really rude. And then I am and then I feel moved by conscience to apologize. That is me having a healthy relationship with guilt. Unhealthy guilt is like literally just I'm a bad person no matter what guilt for no reason guilty for things you're not even responsible for. So that's also another lesson with the U.S. Because remember, the U.S. natal Pluto is in Capricorn. This is actually about politics, conditioning, maturity, authority, responsibility, leadership. And the shadow side of this is over-attachment to the status quo, consensus, totalitarianism. We're seeing that go amok right now. Repression, suppression, isolation, depression, guilt, loneliness, feeling limited by the conditioning of the past. So these are all themes we're looking to evolve from, basically. This is kind of the... The, the 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 Pluto placement of the U.S. and so in evolutionary astrology we look to the polarity point of that Pluto placement, which is in Cancer in the third house. So the for the U.S. to evolve, it needs to focus on the themes of Cancer. What are the themes of Cancer? Ego, self-image, nurturing emotions, focusing on the inner world, becoming more sensitive. So I really feel that there's some sort of rebirth of the U.S. happening more and moving them more into this cancer archetype. So I basically, this is my interpretation of it. I think the self-image, the image of the U.S. needs to change almost through a collective healing of the emotional body of the U.S. That's the ultimate goal. Um 
Can I, can I add something yes, to that? Yes, definitely. Um, so that's why I've mentioned it before. So that's why it's really understanding the bigger picture light of the evolution of consciousness and your own process, really being aware of your own identification, the trap of identification when you identify yourself with the political party yes. or a nationalist and all left or right, it doesn't matter. Because what I'm seeing both left and right you know, I'm missing the, the bigger picture. I see that already. I've mentioned it before, even uh, last year in my article, uh, uh, you know, on, on the political uh, climate and whatnot, I've pointed that out. Um, it's not about MAGA. It's not about making America greater again. It's not about going back to the past of this like traditional revivalist, uh, revolutionary, you know, impulse that's happening. It's almost like a counter impulse to the extreme left. Yeah. But both are missing the point. Both both need to disintegrate and die like the Pluto process and be reborn in a phoenix to a whole different level. Yeah. So the rebirth you speak about the America, it's not about going back to the constitutions and the traditions of family and all of that. Right. These are great values, but even that needs to go beyond a whole new evolution totally. right and uh, as i mentioned before this is definitely we see the extreme left with the destruction of the of the constitution of socialism bringing in socialism communism cultural marxism the whole woke pathology and all of that so the the right has then the counteract like we need to save the traditional family and go back to our constitution fine and good but this friction ironically brings birth to something new which which is really thing. the f third thing the law of three as it's called in, in in esotericism right getting out of dual thinking and 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 understanding the law of three that wants to be birthed, but this birth also depends on your own evolution, your own inner process, and really being honest with yourselves, because both left and right on a politi political spectrum are deeply socially, culturally conditioned. Right, yeah, they have their that's own how consensus. the matrix works. They have their own consensus. That's the problem. Yeah, that. they have their the own group, consensus. The group identification, identification with well, again, like. The, the problem of identification period right yeah yeah and not really like looking within who am i truly who am i the ultimate question beyond my labels beyond identifying as a as a liberal left progressive republican conservative even beyond labeling yourself as an anarchist that's just another identity uh, people take on another ism right yeah. beyond any spiritual identity yeah. right that goes deeper into the true the great work, as exactly. it's called, throughout the ages. And that's what's necessary for this rebirth. So what, what Laura's talking about, the rebirth of the US and the world, what's happening to the Pluto transit, it's not just happening externally. It also depends on you yes. and your own inner revolution to dive, uh, to embrace this Plutonian process within you, which is easier said than done, right? Yes, exactly. That's very well said. Um and you're right. Like, so, you know, Marianne Woodman has this great talk. You can look it up on YouTube. It's called Holding the Tension Between Opposites. And that's where she speaks about holding the tension between the polarities of the light and the dark. So a third thing can emerge. So right now, the way that I see it, just on a basic 3D level, is like a lot of people are kind of politically homeless, right? <laughs> but then but then even even as I kind of fell in the trap like over the past years, like, okay, like am I am I am I right wing? Am I conservative? What am I, you know? But I would actually invite people to just rest in that space. And go within, instead of grasping onto another group or hive mind to identify yourself, actually use that tension of not knowing where you fit in to actually individuate. I think that's the key lesson as yeah. well. So 
Let me talk about a little bit about the ninth uh, house and third house axis. So not only is the south node of the U.S. in Aquarius, it's also in the ninth house as well. So what are so what are? Let me go into the positive aspects of Aquarius, um, which you've already touched on, but I just want to uh, reiterate. So Aquarius is about individuation. That's really the primary lesson, I think: individuation, community, evolution. We the people. So think about it that way. What are we the people wanting? That's Aquarius. Um, Can you just also just uh, sorry to interrupt, but for listeners who are not aware of this, what is this? What does the South Node stand for? The South Node is like the past, basically, essentially. So mm -hmm. like we're grounding into the best and also the worst, maybe, of the South Node, so that we can evolve to the North Node, basically. So. Um, so the positive aspects, uh, yeah, our ideals, our hopes for the future, technological advancements, those are all potentially positive uh, evolutionary aspects of Aquarius. And so that's also grounded by the ninth house, which is wisdom, philosophy, beliefs, inspirations about truth, higher learning, freedom. So you see actually in the U.S., you know, the technological investments and the kind of like just like hope that the U.S. has spread is seen in that South Node in Aquarius in the right. ninth house, right? Very much so. Yeah. And so the shadow side of Aquarius, and this is also going to get very heightened when it, Pluto enters Aquarius. So I'm highlighting themes that are going to last for a few years and longer, decades. basically decades. Yeah. So is anarchy mass trauma, persecution from the group. So a lot of us are experiencing the Aquarius themes as part of the individuation process. When you wake up from the consensus and you start to become a unique individual, the group, the hive mind, the matrix is like, who are you to think differently, right? That persecution, persecutory aspect which results in wounds to the individuation process, right? Because we feel ostracized by the group, by the community. And to the extent we actually haven't healed our own childhood needs for belonging is to the extent that will be painful as well. So it also works with the Cancer Capricorn uh, axis as well. Uh, group hysteria, group extremism. And the shadow side of the ninth house is dogma, perception because of different beliefs so you know feeling like you have to convert other people or condemn other people who have different beliefs in you fear of speaking the truth believing in half truths untruths so actually you know the shadow side of aquarius and this kind of very liberating you know innovative kind of energy that it's coming in with is this idea that the beliefs of the u.s is right for the entire world and so you have these kind of like religious saviors who go and like convert and like convert even even the conversion of the indigenous people is actually an expression of the shadow side that they felt that christianity was better for the indigenous people than their own traditions so you see how that shadow side plays out in the u.s yeah so and then we got to watch out for that too as well because i see a lot of people hopping on to different and various dogmas as a way of like feeling better or superior than other people and then thinking my way is the only way for you to be and i'm going to condemn you unless you actually believe in what i believe right yeah. and that can happen in any area of life not just religion and spirituality you know so, so for the nodal evolution of the U.S., we have to focus on Leo and the third house. So this is about creative self-actualization. It's about joy. It's about love. It's about finding our talents and letting them shine and spreading these ideas to the rest of the world. And that's actually what the U.S. has done right, right? Like the U.S. has kind of 
actualize this Aquarius kind of impulse and spread their ideas out into the world. So you see that, right? Like you see that in the way that the U.S. has had such an impact on the world with their innovations and their ideas and how they've spread that, right? And then the shadow side of that is narcissism, which is a big shadow side <laughs> the of the best Leo. country in the world. Yeah, exactly. We're the best. America first, right? Um, there can also be needing approval. There can be wounds to giving and receiving love. So the U.S., with all its technological advancements, is very much a major symbol for the age of Aquarius, right? But the U.S. could also sink similar to the mythology or even if you believe in, do you think Atlantis was real? No, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... so uh, by uh, the way, can I just note on that real yes, quick? Yes. Uh, I was just reading, like, uh, I've gotten deeper into Sri Aurobindo's work and he was referencing atlantis quite a oh, lot really? and also yeah. mentioning that you know this critical stage we can there's a danger to fall into another dark night of civilization yes and experience the same fate that happened to atlantis oh he talked about that yeah, yeah exactly so the u.s so atlantis was this very technologically advanced society that was basically created its own destruction and how did it get destroyed can you just no i, I think there's a cataclysm you know what i mean yeah. basically the divine pressing the reset button it's yes. also the you know the the biblical metaphor of the flood Yes. Right, and yeah. All that. So basically, the U.S. could sink like Atlantis if they let technology destroy itself. And how will they do that? It's missing the heart and soul of Leo. It's missing the spiritual evolution. Yes, the heart and the soul of Leo. Like Leo is actually where the divine consciousness switches on. You know. <laughs> Sorry, our dog Leo just came into the room <laughs> exactly. when we talked about it. So, you know, the best technological innovations that happen, i.e. Aquarius, will include the heart, will include the soul. So, so you know, we really want to... So just to give you an overview, and we're going to have to talk more about this on the second hour. So February is going to be a big month. We're going to have Saturn conjunct Moon, February 23rd. That's when the Pluto hits exact, February 20th. We're going to have a Neptune opposition February 28th. And also October is going to heat up because we're going to have Uranus square moon October 6th, Jupiter square Venus October 6th, Saturn on the moon October 23rd. I'm not going to get into what all of those mean. I just kind of want to give you a little bit of an overview on what's to come. So look at like February and October are very astrologically intense months, you know, and 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 I think we're going to be nearing the end of the second hour. So I just want to. Oh, sorry, you want to say add something, honey? No, no, finish. Then, then I'm gonna. Add. Yeah. So there's a, there's so much more I have to say about this. So I'm actually going to talk more about how we work with this nodal switch, which is happening. So the nodes of the moon are switching from into the Scorpio south node and Taurus north node axis, and that started on December 23rd to July 2023. So and and I'm also going to talk about how Pluto forces us to evolve three reactions to the evolutionary impulse, what we're going to see in the collective. So we're going to give a lot more practical suggestions on the second hour. So I'm actually just going to touch on that a little bit now that we're closing the end. Now, let me just kind of add just something yeah, to what you said. Something. So I just want to, because we're more astrologically he astrology heavy right now, and many people are not familiar, especially with evolutionary astrology, which is more esoteric astrology. And as I mentioned before, nowadays astrology has become way more popular with it, all the superficiality, the distortions, or the overly like fringe paranoia some people claim that astrology is part of the matrix control system to keep us locked in you know and all of that yes you know um 
you know, it's also not uh, identifying too much. There's also the trap to see everything through the lens of astrology, right? Then people get themselves into the tunnel vision of astrology and mm -hmm. and, and mentalize the whole process. Mm -hmm. But what I want to important to understand, like you just point out the bigger pictures, have astrologically, and I see. And I found the same trap, like externalizing astrology, and then people say, yeah, can you do me on my chart? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Tell me this and that. No, it's about how you interact with these energies yes. and your chart. Yes. And especially, key point to understand, and that helped me, you helped me that understanding and, and the mentors you studied with in my own study of evolutionary astrology. By the chart alone, you cannot tell much about the person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's some uh, cookbook type astrology, but it really depends on what state of, of soul evolution you are that determines how the chart interacts with the energies. Yeah. So for somebody who's going to these four different states, the dimly evolved one, you know, or the consensus state or the individuated state or the spiritual state, you know, depending where you're at in your soul evolution over lifetimes, the chart will play out differently. Yeah, right? very differently. So you cannot generalize that. Yeah, I wrote know? something about that on our Telegram because a meme was going around about Greta Thunberg and Kyle Rittenhouse having the same date of yeah, birth. Super, super and yeah, and it's like, okay, number one, different birth time changes everything. Number two, different levels of consciousness changes exactly. everything. Exactly. So it's also how you interact with these energies. Yeah. So it's not about, you're not like a slave to these planets and what no. is how you use the force. And as I said, it's also just a mirror of the evolution of consciousness, what wants to be, uh, you know, crystallized through you. Yes, right? Yeah. So, you know, this, what you mentioned also before we go more into that into the second hour, how Pluto also ties into natural law and the Plutonian process. And I've, the more, you know, there's a direct relationship to the struggle and suffering is directly proportional of your inability to truly let go or embrace the evolutionary process. And the more you resist, um, the evolutionary trajectory we're on, the more struggle, the more suffering you will um, experience, right? Exactly. In that sense, uh, directly proportional. It doesn't mean it's going to be always a smooth ride. Yeah. And sometimes because of our inertia, because of our own ignorance, because I'm not taking myself out of equation, because as Sri Aurobindo said, we are in love with the ignorance. We are still in love with our ego identifications, our desires of how we want things to be, mm -hmm. right? And all of that, and that needs to be dissolved or burned in the fire of transmutation. Okay, so I just want to get into some tips. So how can you work with the energy of Pluto? Like, and trust me, I know because Pluto's on my son. <laughs> I have South Node and Scorpio. I've had this process of evolution literally hunting me down my whole life. Instead, I was like, okay, I'm going to work consciously with the force of evolution. I'm going to change when I need to change. I'm going to work on myself. I've had to make an agreement with the forces of evolution to to consciously engage with my own uh, transformative process. And that's been basically my life since 2012 now. So number one, evolution, just think of it as synonymous with growth. So take stock of what needs changing in your life. What's draining your energy? What's causing stagnation? Where do you feel stuck? Where are you afraid of death? And not just physical death, but the death of parts of yourself that need to go. So the more that you can embrace change within and without in whatever way it shows up, the more you can consciously work with the forces of evolution. So don't just leave things that need to change for another day. I cannot stress that enough. So if you don't like this kind of cataclysmic evolution of outer events, change when you need to change. It's so important. Otherwise, you could face this kind of sudden cataclysmic event that forces you to yeah. evolve. May I add, maybe you were going to that, but also, you know, take a inventory of all your relationships. And that's the hardest part for a lot of people. Yes. Not only be it intimate relationship, friends or family. Do they still 
represent who you truly are? Are they aligned with your deepest values? Mm-hmm. Right? And all of that. I see a lot of people getting stuck in relationship also out of codependency, out of these Gordian knots they have built over years because, you know, as you know, I, I think we mentioned that quote in our last podcast. I forgot the author, but you know, a lot of people are good. You've said the same. They marry in sleep. They have children in sleep. They get into relationships in sleep, being yeah. in, the, in the unawakened state. And you start to wake up, and you realize that's that's the biggest red pill to swallow. Mm. The disillusionment process the the horror of the situation so to speak as good you've talked about that your whole life may be based on lies yeah right and not your true deeper values it was just socially culturally conditioned trauma responses and all of that and that's very critical that's where people that just wake up in the consensus state still hold on to the old, to, relationships. To the old relationships yeah right totally. also codependency maybe they're all of a sudden dependent on their partner and then you know it becomes very, very difficult to dissolve these Gordian knots. But, you know, the more you hold on, as Lord just mentioned, over time, it needs to transmute and uh, um, change. And yes. if, if you don't do it voluntarily, it will be done, quote, unquote, for you in a more uh, even traumatizing cataclysmic event, so to speak. Exactly, yeah. I, I, remember, I remember seeing a tweet once, I forget who said it, you want to lose all your friends? Work on yourself for six months. <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of what happens, right? And that's ongoing. And so another way, do so don't avoid doing your inner work. If you're listening to this podcast, I think that you're probably somewhat interested in that. But basically, this is a time to develop psychological and emotional awareness. So watch out for your shadow projections, you know, we're, we're going to do the course a couple times, at least next year. So if you want a group container to work on your triggers, to work on your shadow material, we offer that to people. So keep an eye out for that. Um, so just be more curious about exposing your own internal shadows rather than exposing the shadows in the world. So don't externalize, you know, and if you externalize, that will also impact you detrimentally because you have your own piece of evolution to engage with. So the most common way that people avoid their evolutionary process is they project, they blame, they say it's someone else's fault, right? So just co-opt that, uh, do your inner work, basically. Generate, and then doing your inner work, which leads to the three third point, will help you generate psychological, emotional, and spiritual strength. So that's the gift of Pluto. That's the gift of Scorpio. So, And this would be the basis of your survival seen in the Taurus North Node. So people could get kicked into survival mode in many ways on all levels. And so the Scorpio-Taurus axis, which we're in from, 20, from December 2021 now until 2023, is really about re-anchoring resources. So Scorpio is actually about psychological and spiritual resources that you need to survive. Uh, And Taurus is more about the physical resources, the practical skills, the sense of your own inner value and living out those values, which are also needed for survival. So, you know, psychological resources, one of them, self-observation. Are you able to observe yourself, your actions, your life as as if you were on the outside looking in and make corrections to your behavior when necessary? Do you have tools for working for your triggers, your intense emotions, your shadow material? Are you resourceful? Are you able to really get down to the basics and simplify your life so that you can focus on what matters to you? So as long as your energy is scattered into a million different directions and you're just going out and doing things all the time, it's like you're not actually focusing on what really matters. So there is simple simplification of life that needs to happen so we're going to have to talk way more about that in the second hour but you wanted to add something yeah no no i think there's going to be way more we've got to take a break now and then get into the second hour more of these uh, suggestions also i think you want to share more about the uh, um, the pluto process 
right? Yes, yes. Plutonium process, how it's not only also, you mentioned that only affecting the US, but the world at large. Yes. You know, even with the south node in, in Scorpio, we may actually see massive, like, deaths happening yes. over the next years uh, due to the, uh, uh, you know. Weakened immune system. Weakened from, immune yeah. system due to that uh, in unnecessary injection, so to speak. You guys know what I'm talking about. So a lot of this, you know, so you need to really prepare yourself spiritually to to hold the frequency, not only about to face the darkness that's still coming, right? We barely just started. So in the second hour, I want to go deeper into different phases of, of, of human uh, history in, the, in light of the evolution of consciousness based on Sri Aurobindo's work as well, in light of the time of transition, as it's called in esoteric Christianity, in all of that, that no steps can be skipped, uh, how this evolution ties into natural law in light of the Pluto process as well, and much more, All but all of that in the second hour, again, if you're not a member yet and would like to have access to the second hour and also to support our work, please sign up at my website, veilofreality.com for the membership, gives you access to the second hour in the membership forum. And again, we'll start the next round of our 12-week group coaching program, Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening. End of January, we take, uh, we'll be uh, taking in applications and starting enrollment process, and the course itself will then start in March. So definitely keep an eye and ear out, out for that. And we'll see you all in the second hour. Thank you. Mm -hmm.